Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us here this morning. Glad to see that everybody made it on time. There were no uh, early arrivals this morning. I think that's how the time works, right? Falling back would have meant you would have showed up here early. I I don't know if this worked out for you, but I went to bed last night. I did not think even twice about... um, messing with a clock. And I, mostly it's because like all my clocks, they just, they do that, right? My phone and my watch or whatever. But I didn't mess with the oven. I didn't mess with the wall clock. And I woke up this morning and I got up a little bit early this morning because I wanted to, to pray and, and be ready and all these things. And, and I looked up at the wall clock and it was an hour ahead of, of what I thought. And, and I was like, oh, I panicked for a moment. But then I re- looked at my watch, which had taken care of the things for me. And I was like, okay, things are Things are okay. So I, I entered into this morning uh, with some, some relief because if I had been shortchanged by an hour, I think I would have been a little bit more panicked. But I entered into this morning uh, with a little bit of, of relief. And so this morning, I want to ask you just a question before we even get started. How are you coming into today? I had a uh, I work with a, a friend of mine. He's a spiritual director, which just really means he's a, a guy that helps me coach, like coaches me into following Jesus a little bit. And, and typically when I meet with him, he'll say, give me a word that would describe how you're coming into today. So I wonder if, if you, if, as, you're, as you're sitting there this morning, if there's a word that just kind of pops into your mind. Maybe it's, maybe it's rested or maybe it's tired. Maybe it's anxious, maybe it's whatever, but is there a word that would describe how you're coming into the, today? And I ask you that because this morning we're, we're really getting close to wrapping up our series in the Gospel of John. We've been in this for well over a year now, and, and one thing that we've seen throughout the Gospel of John and what we'll see in the passage that we'll read today is that Jesus has a tendency and a desire to meet us exactly where we're at. He's going to meet us in the, in the, wherever we, we come into a moment and whatever state of life we find ourselves in. That is where Jesus is going to meet us. And he's going to do that even today as, as we come in and, and come around his word. So if, if you're willing and able this morning, I want to invite you to stand with me as we read from John chapter 20. And, and for those of you that maybe are, are newer to, to Journey Church, this is something we try to do most weeks is to, is to stand as we read from the word of God, certainly as, a, as an act of, of reverence, but really it following the example of Jesus, who in Luke chapter 4, it says that he, he stood and read from the prophet Isaiah. And so we're simply following the example of Jesus as we read from his word, standing together. So this morning, it's John chapter 20, starting at verse 19. And there it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And when he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, 
peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not described in this book. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. So here at the, the end of, of John chapter 1, which many would say, many of the scholars would say, this is actually the end of, of John's gospel. We'll read chapter 21 next week, uh, and we'll see how some of these things, they weren't added into. They were still probably included at some point, but, but most feel like this is the, the ending point, especially with the way that John ends the, the last two verses in this chapter, that this was his intention to, to stop things here. But what he tells us is that it was the evening of the, the first day of the week. Now, if you were here with us last week, you know that this was not just any ordinary day, that this wasn't just the first day of the week, but this was the first day of a, of a new beginning, of, of a new kingdom. This was a, a whole new world where everything was going to be different, and the disciples' place in that world was going to be a, a different place. But as we see today, and as we were reading this morning, we see that the disciples, they were, they were hiding out. They were locked in, in a room out of, out of fear of the Jewish leaders. And, and because we know the story, because we've potentially read this before, maybe we've been tracking with what's been going on, we can kind of criticize the disciples a little bit, right? Like, man, I can't believe they just hid out. I can't believe they just went and, and locked themselves in a room. I can't believe they didn't stand up for, for anything. They just, they just ran and, and fled. And, and yet, there was reason for it. It was a there's a reason why they were afraid. They had been with Jesus when Jesus was arrested, and they had at least heard, and maybe a few of them had seen what took place in, in the moments leading up to Jesus' arrest and his beating and his death on the cross. And so they had right reason to be afraid, and that's what they were. Now, our bodies, our bodies have a, a natural response to, to fear, right? They call this the, the fight or flight response. And I think probably most of us know that, or if maybe not, maybe we've, we've experienced it. My son tested my fight or flight response last night, and I didn't even realize he was going to, but, but that's how it worked really well. But I was just at home kind of reading and studying and stuff, and he was out taking care of a neighbor's dog, and, and he was able to enter into the, the room just absolutely quietly without, or into the house, and, and just snuck into the room and just ran towards me and kind of like, I don't even know if he made noise, but all of a sudden, I, I felt like my blood rushing from like the inside of me towards my extremities. And I read this this week as I was studying about fear that, that it, like our fight or flight response, it actually sends blood to our hands and to our feet so that we're ready to either run or to hit whichever one we decide. And, and fortunately for Brady, I decided just to, just to sit and stay calm and, and, and maybe to, to flight a little bit more than, than I would fight. But in this story, and what we read this morning is that the disciples' response to fear was, was to flee. It was to hide. It was to, to wait. And this was the way that they were entering into that moment. 
they were entering into that moment with fear, with anxiety, with, with worry. And this is where Jesus enters into as well. Now, we could easily get distracted in this moment as, as John tells the story that Jesus just kind of arrives in the room. It, it feels like he just appears like out of the blue or maybe he walks through a wall. We can get kind of get distracted by the, the how of what's taking place, but John doesn't give much attention to that. He doesn't describe any of the how. He just focuses on the fact that Jesus came. That was what was more important to him on, on what Jesus said to the disciples and then what he did while he was there with the disciples. And so when Jesus enters in the room, he says for the first time, out of three times, he says, peace be with you. And then he showed him his hands, and he showed them his side. Now the phrase, peace be with you, would have been a familiar phrase for the disciples. They would have, it's just a traditional greeting. They would have been, oh, okay, yeah, he's He's just kind of greeting us and, and welcoming us. But the reality is that for the disciples that they probably heard echoes in that phrase, peace be with you. They probably heard echoes of things that Jesus had said throughout the three years that they had spent with him where he had talked about maybe saying peace be with you or be at peace or even just a few days earlier in maybe the, the exact same room where they were standing today or that evening with Jesus. They had heard Jesus say something about peace. Maybe you remember it. It's in John chapter 16. If you can flip back there in your Bible if you want to. Otherwise, it'll be up on the screen. But in John chapter 16, listen to what Jesus said to them days or maybe just moments in a sense before his arrest and crucifixion. He says, in a little while you will see me no more. And then after a while, you will see me. And then I'm skipping down to verse 19 where he says, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I mean when I said in a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now it is your time, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And then further along in verse 31, he says, do you now believe? Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, when Jesus said to them, peace be with you, and when he showed him his hands, when he showed him his side, he was offering more than just a, a greeting. He was actually offering them verification verification that, that he was alive, that he had been resurrected, that they, they knew that he was dead and now they see that he is alive. So they offered verification of his life, but he also offered verification that he was who he said he was. And he did what he said he would do. Just by standing there and saying, peace be with you, showing them his hands and showing them his side, he offered them that verification. And in this moment, 
Jesus understood like the, the feelings that they were having. He understood what they were, were going through. He understood the fear that they were facing because in some ways Jesus faced similar fears just days before all of this. And so in this moment, Jesus doesn't shame them for their fear. He doesn't come up and, and just enter into the room and say, fear not. He just simply enters into reality with them. He steps into their circumstance. He steps into their fear. He was present with them, and it was his presence that brought them peace. It was his presence that turned their, their grief and their fear into joy and into courage. Now today, as we enter into this space, maybe the, one of the words that, that you used coming into it is, is a relative of, of fear. Maybe you're, you're worried. Maybe you are frightened. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're troubled. Maybe you're, you're sensing something and, and you're having a, some response to this. Maybe even a physical response to the way that you are feeling as you come into this morning. Like we all come in with, with some different potential fears and different ways that we would respond to them. But Jesus' approach to us is the same as his approach to his disciples on that night. He enters into this room with, with scarred hands and, and an open side, and, and he reminds us, I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, which means be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy, for I have overcome the world. Now, it was almost immediately after all of this that, that Jesus would say, peace be with you again. He repeats himself, peace be with you again. But this time he follows it up with something. He follows it up with something that might just seem a little bit strange in the moment. He, he says, as, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We talked about this a, a few it was probably a month or so ago, that, that there was a plan for the disciples, that Jesus had a plan for the disciples beyond his life, death, and resurrection, and that was to send them out into the world. The Father sent Jesus to the world for the world, and the disciples and, and those who would follow Jesus would also be sent to the world and, and for the world. And it was in this moment of, of sending and, and revealing this to them that it, it, Jesus recognized that maybe they weren't just quite ready yet. And he does something that, again, seemed maybe a little bit strange. It says that he, he breathed on them. And it says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, for us, that may just seem odd, but if we look back in, in the story of God, the, the narrative of God from the beginning to, to now, we see that, that there's times when, when breath and, and wind play a part in the story. In fact, it was part of the, the original story in Genesis chapter 2. It says that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You see, in this moment, Jesus recognizing that maybe the disciples weren't quite ready yet, they still needed one more thing. He, he breathes life into his disciples, just as God breathed life into humanity, Jesus is breathing new life into his disciples. And so now as they would go out from that place, they wouldn't just go out with him, but they would go out with Jesus in them. It was a shift in, in that through the Holy Spirit. 
who was the one Jesus had promised just a few chapters ago in chapters 14 and and 15 that the Spirit, the Advocate, was promised to come and to be a a counselor. The Spirit was promised to be an encourager, to come and and be an advocate for the disciples and to be a comforter for them. And, And it would be the Holy Spirit that would then empower them to go out into the world. Just as Jesus was sent out into the world, they would be sent out, but they would be sent out with the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in them. And here's the thing for us today, is to recognize that the same Holy Spirit is breathed into us. The same Holy Spirit is breathed into us when we surrender our lives to Jesus and we accept the invitation to follow him out into the world. The same Holy Spirit is is empowering us Empowering us to to serve, empowering us to follow, and empowering us simply to be more like Jesus. Now, to be honest, I'd say that most days I I, I don't feel like I have adequate power in me to to be with, for, and unto the world. I, I don't even feel like I have adequate power within me sometimes just to simply do what Jesus has called me to do. And, and maybe you feel similar, that there are things and areas in your life where like, I just don't have the power to, to overcome this. I don't have the power to, to face this. I don't have the power to, to do what, what maybe I feel like the Lord is leading me into or just simply to, to follow Jesus today. And, and for myself, at least, the reminder that I needed is this, is that it's, it's the presence of Jesus it's the gift of the Holy Spirit that, that empowers me. I don't have to try to, to manufacture it. I don't have to, to work my way into his presence. I just simply have to trust Jesus to do that work, to do that work in me, to do that work through me, and to do that work all around me. It really actually reminds me of a, a prayer that St. Patrick, and it's not St. Patrick's Day today or even close, but it's a prayer that he wrote that was actually a prayer that was written as, a, as maybe a prayer of protection for a journey. But I believe that it, the words that it speaks to us really talk about Jesus being with us in every circumstance. It says, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lay down, Christ when I sit, Christ when I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the eyes that see me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Sometimes when when we leave this place on, on a Sunday morning, we'll We'll send you out, and, and we try not to just send you out without, without anything, but we send you out with, with maybe a, an exhortation. And, and typically, one of the things that, that, I, that I'll say is that as we leave this place, we're not leaving the presence of Jesus, but we actually are, are taking the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, with us wherever we go. That's the, the idea of, that Jesus is reminding us of this morning, that Spirit in us goes with us. The Spirit in us empowers us in the places that we feel inadequate. The Spirit in us empowers us to, to accomplish the things that Jesus is, is asking or, or leading us to do. It's not something we can do on our own, but it's something we can trust the Spirit to do in, through, and around us. Now, 
if you've been paying attention, you know that there was a, a, a disciple that, that missed out on this, right? Like we don't know how, we don't know why, but, but Thomas missed out. And there is one thing that we, maybe more than one, but there's at least one thing that we can learn from, from this. And, and that is that, that we don't want to miss out when the family gathers together because you just never show, know when Jesus might show up. So we want to be present in, in some of these moments. But for Thomas, he missed an opportunity. And in doing so, he ended up with, with questions. And he ended up with, with doubts. And here's what I think happened with Thomas. Is I think that for Thomas, because of this, there was a gap between what he expected and what he experienced. Now, in, in relationship or maybe in marriages, like when we have a gap between what we expect of someone and what we experience with that person, it often will lead to, to disappointment, which maybe would lead to, to resentment. But in, in matters of faith, when there's a gap between what we expect and, and what we experience, oftentimes that will lead to, to an area of doubt, an area where we maybe are questioning what, why did this take place or why did it have to happen this way or, or do I even believe that it, that it should and I believe that's what happened to Thomas. That Thomas had expected Jesus to be a, a certain kind of Messiah. That he would be a Messiah who would become king, not a Messiah that would be killed on a cross. That he would be a Messiah that would, that would take over and, and rule over Rome and not a Messiah that would be stuck behind a, a large stone. That he would be a, a Messiah that would be victorious. And so when he experienced something different, so very different than what he expected, he was left with a lot of questions. He was left with, with areas of doubt. And, and he said he wouldn't believe it until he was able to see it and, and touch it himself. And I think we can probably relate to that. I assume that, that most of us can, can relate to that, that, that we have expectations of, of God. We have expectations of, of what we think our life with God and in this world will look like. We have expectations for, for our family and for our relationships. We have expectations about our, our health or, or our future. And, and when our experience, either with God or, or our life with Christ, don't seem to meet those expectations, we find ourselves asking questions. We can find ourselves with, with areas of doubt in our lives that, that Jesus is who he says he is or that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, just like Thomas was having doubts in that moment. But I also think it's really important before we move any further past this is that similar to the, the disciples when they were afraid, Jesus enters into this moment and he doesn't condemn Thomas for having doubts. He doesn't condemn Thomas for having questions. He doesn't condemn Thomas for, for not believing in that moment. Rather, he simply shows up for Thomas. I mean, he makes like a special trip, right, back, back to that room to show up for Thomas a, a week later. And, and just like he did with his disciples, he said, peace be with you. And, and he shows him his hands and he shows him his side and, and he shows up for Thomas in that, in that moment. And says, stop doubting and believe. But this wasn't a condemnation. This was an invitation. This was an invitation for Thomas, and it's an invitation for us to, to trust Jesus. To believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And that he will do what he says he will do. To trust Jesus with, with the gaps in what we expect and what we experience. 
to trust Jesus where the places where we feel disappointment and maybe even a little bit of, of resentment because things have not gone the way that we had expected or had hoped they would. Jesus shows us in these moments that he's, he's okay with, with our doubts. He can handle the, the questions and he is enough to fill in the gaps that we might be experiencing between our expectations and our, in our life experience. And so when Thomas, he saw Jesus, it says that he saw Jesus and he saw his hands and his eyes. His only response was, my Lord and my God. A declaration of, of belief, a declaration of, of trust, a declaration of, of faith and even some hope to which Jesus replies, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so that's where we find ourselves this morning. I want to invite the, the worship team this, to come back up. And I think the reality is, is that as we come into today, and maybe you've had some time to, to think about that, maybe that, that word that would describe how you are coming in today, maybe it's become a little bit more clear. Maybe you have a better understanding of, of what's going on in your heart and, and in your soul and in, in your mind this morning. But, but the reality is, is that we're all coming in fighting some of our own fears, probably struggling in, in areas of our own inadequacy, inadequacies or where we feel powerless and maybe even dealing with questions or, or doubts that we might have based on the experience of, of life that we're going through in this season. But unlike Thomas and unlike the disciples, we don't have the resurrected Christ who walks into the room and just kind of shows up in the room and, and shows us his nail-scarred hands and shows us the hole in his side and says, now stop doubting and, and believe. Stop being afraid and, and just stand with me. Don't, don't worry about your inadequacies. I have enough power for, for both of us. It'd be a lot simpler. It'd be a whole lot easier if Jesus would just walk in through that door or maybe just kind of come through without even walking in, just like something super cool. It would make life a lot easier to believe and, and to follow him into those realities. But we're not called to a, a blind faith like that. In fact, we've spent the last year and a handful of months with front row seats into like the, the way and walk of Jesus. We've happened, had opportunities to, to read and to listen and, and maybe even in our, our mind's eye to see the, the last three years of, of Jesus' life, of Jesus' gospel as described by, by John, who was an eyewitness to it. And as we've seen over the last few weeks, the, the, his eyewitness was significant. He saw the most significant events in Jesus' life. And then at the end of it all, he says, I wrote all of these things that you might have an opportunity to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in his name. And today, that life in, in his name, it means entrusting our lives into his life, our lives into his life. And that today would include our fears, our, our inadequacies, and our doubts. So let me just invite you into a, maybe a moment of, quiet reflection. If you have a Bible, you can just kind of close that. Or if you had a journal, go and close that. And maybe just resettle yourself in, in your seat and, and maybe just take a, a deep breath in and out. You can close your eyes. You can lay your hands open on your lap if you want to. You, if you, want to. you can take whatever feels like a comfortable position right now. But I, I really, I, I want to encourage you to, 
to receive an invitation from the Lord to just simply be aware of his presence in this moment and his invitation to speak freely to him. Like some of these things that might be on your mind, the ways you're coming in today, fears, inadequacies, and doubts. Maybe today you would fill in the blank in one of these three sentences. The first is this. Jesus, today I fear. So would you be present with me? Or maybe for you today it's, Jesus, today I don't have the power to. Would you breathe your Holy Spirit into me? Or maybe for you, it's Jesus today, I have doubts. Jesus today, I have questions. Would you fill the gap? And would you help my unbelief? I want to close with the prayer of, of St. Patrick this morning. I'm going to invite you to, to stand with me. I'm going to invite you to, if you're willing to, to, to pray this prayer with me it'll be up on the screen and we can just say it together Christ with me Christ before me Christ behind me Christ in me Christ beneath me Christ above me Christ on my right Christ on my left Christ when I lie down Christ when I sit Christ when I stand Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me.